Our wildest dreams never warned us of this reality we now see and live and breathe. We woke at midnight to find there was no feast. Welcomed in beauty, but were met by a terrible beast. And now we walk each corner with a wide berth. On high alert from sun up until the first stars start to appear. Putting on brave faces to mask our fear. And we wish we would worry less and stress less, but we don't feel safe just yet. And the rolling of days into nights is relentless. And we're tired of being inside, rattling around in our houses like thoughts in restless minds. Short days, dark nights, and we've been walking this way for a while. Now is the winter of our distant friends, sanitized celebrations and struggling to make ends meet, and we're on our feet still, pacing on through the dead of the night. But hear this, Soak up some ancient words of hope and let them sink in deep. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. A light has dawned. A light has dawned in the newborn's cry. The rising sun has pierced the midnight sky. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not will not overcome it. Because that first ever Christmas saw this promise received, so that now in our darkness, the presence of peace is always there. The Prince of Peace is walking with us right through the darkest hour, right through the hardest part, right now. He is with us, the light in the darkness, the hope of morning in the middle of the night. Wow, doesn't that capture so much of what we've experienced in this challenging year? But I love the way that piece turned and we've begun to see pictures of how light begins to break in, hope begins to come, and we can experience a peace that is at the heart of the very message of Christmas. Talking of Christmas, um, let me ask you a question. What are you looking forward to? I don't know about you, but I've always loved Christmas. And so particularly looking forward to seeing family, not all the family because of distancing and restrictions. But nonetheless, I'm looking forward to family time. I'm looking forward to Christmas food, to presents and to Christmas movies. Um, my wife, Karen, uh, one of her favorite Christmas movies is The Holiday. Don't know whether you've seen it. I watched it uh, a few years ago. And to be honest, I was distinctly unimpressed. But about a week ago, I agreed that we'd watch it again. And I've got a confession to make. Not only did I actually really enjoy it, but I even cried, can you believe it? And then of course, Christmas wouldn't be complete without an extra dose of Premier League football. And you know, I'm very much looking forward to the prospect of Man City winning all their games and getting to the top of the table again. Some of you are saying, dream on. Um, but more seriously, can I ask you a slightly deeper question? As you look at the world around 
and you look maybe closer to home at your life and to people in your sphere. What do you think we most need in this time? I'm sure for many of us, right near the top of our list of things that we need is a successful and speedy rollout of the vaccines. I mean, what an incredible achievement for those who develop these vaccines. And we want to applaud and support all those who are going to be rolling out um, this vaccination programme. And in many ways, I think the vaccine is going to make a massive difference. You know, hopefully it's going to bring an end to this awful pandemic, to you know, the end of the, this medical crisis and economic uncertainty and social distancing. Hope we're never going to have to wear these, these awful masks again. But I'm sure you'd agree that as important as the vaccine is in bringing life somewhat back to normal, whatever that's going to look like, it's not going to actually solve all our problems. And I would suggest that it's not going to solve one of the deepest problems that we are experiencing at this time, which is even greater and potentially longer lasting than the economic and the medical crisis is a mental health and well-being crisis. But this is where the message of Christmas comes in. You see, the good news of Christmas is that through the coming of Jesus, we can experience a peace and a well-being that can impact every part of our lives. You know, in the words of, um, you know, uh, Isaiah chapter 9, famous words that we celebrate and sing about um, through things like Handel's Messiah, you'd have seen um, those words played out at the beginning of the service and elements of those words came through in Susie's uh, poetic piece. And let me read these words. These were um, amazing promises for the future of humanity. It talks about um, how um, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Did you notice there uh, the repetition of the word peace talks about that the child, the son who's, who would be born um, would be called the prince of peace. And then it talks about how when he comes of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Now, if you go back to the original language in which the Old Testament uh, was written, the word peace there is actually the root word is the word shalom. Now, shalom includes what we would associate as peace, you know, an absence of conflict and inner tranquility. But it's actually a richer, much uh, sort of broader, has a broader meaning. You see, shalom, true peace, actually encompasses every part of our lives. It includes a peace with God, a relationship with God, peace in ourselves, peace in our relationships with others, and even peace with the environment. You, we could translate the word shalom as well-being in every area of life. And who of us doesn't need that? Well-being in every area of our lives and an increase of well-being. And I would want to suggest to you today, that's something that not just we, but the whole world needs even more than we need uh, the vaccine, as important as that is. Now, Isaiah was writing in uh, the early part of the 8th century BC. But 700 years later, as we heard in our New Testament reading in Luke chapter 2 um, earlier on, a special child, a son, was born in a place called Bethlehem 
to a young Jewish couple called Mary and Joseph. And just after Jesus was born, there were shepherds out in the surrounding hillside looking after their flocks. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And if you like, announced the fulfillment of that prophecy from 700 years ago. He says, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. I love that. Not just a message to the shepherds, but good news of great joy for all of us. He continues, today a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And then a whole company or a whole host of angels appeared praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests or we could paraphrase the angels are saying thank you God for this amazing gift to humanity a son has been born a child has a child has come and through him we can experience this long promised gift of peace and well-being for all of us who receive it. Now, from that moment on, everyone who met the Prince of Peace, their lives were changed. First, the shepherds. Rather than just listening to the message of the angels, which is not enough, just hearing good news, they actually left their flocks, they hurried into Bethlehem, and there they saw the baby Jesus, and they came away changed. Then later on, if you know the Christmas story, wise men came. But the good news is Jesus didn't stay a baby. He grew up. He became a man. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then throughout a remarkable three and a half years of history, Jesus Christ changed the lives of every single person who came and met with him. So people who were sick got healed. People who were feeling mentally oppressed and tormented were set free. Those who felt empty were filled with purpose and with a peace and a well-being that affected every part of their lives. And then after three and a half years, Jesus uh, did something not just for the people at the time then, but for all of us. He died on a cross to pay the price for all our sin and our shame and our brokenness and everything that would stop us enjoying uh, the peace and the well-being that God gives us. And then he triumphed over death. He rose from the dead. He ascended to heaven. He poured out his Holy Spirit. And that means that no matter where we're at, whether we've started a spiritual journey or we've never even thought about God at all and inviting him into our lives, you and I, can experience something of the peace and well-being that the Prince of Peace can bring. Because he's not a baby, he's not limited now to one physical location. He's alive, he's reigning, and he's present right with us by his Spirit. And so I'd like to just pause for a moment and we're going to watch a beautiful song entitled The Prince of Peace. Heart of storm, clouds raging deep within. The Prince of Peace came bursting through the wind. The violent sky held its breath, and in your life I found rest. Tear through the night. Riding on the storm, staring down the fire, my 
That was so poignant. I don't know whether you noticed the repetition of the phrase, the Prince of Peace met me there. It highlights that this peace, this increase of well-being we're talking about, is not something sort of out there that we can find. It's not even uh, something we can drum up from within ourselves. No, this peace comes from meeting the person of the Prince of Peace. I don't know about you, but uh, I've got a number of people who um, over the years I've developed a great friendship or relationship with. And just by being with them and spending time with them or hearing from them leaves me feeling strengthened and refreshed and in a better place. Um, you know, one person comes to mind who's pretty near the top of my list. And he's a guy called Mike. Now, Mike's a great guy. I met him uh, about 30 years ago. And over the years, we built a friendship and I can honestly say almost every time I've ever met with Mike in person or received a text from him, as I regularly do, or spoken to him on the phone or received a card, almost every time I come away feeling better. I feel strengthened. I feel encouraged. I feel more at peace. Now, Mike would be the first to say that the only thing is he's not perfect because he's a human being. And, um, you know, his wife would confirm that too. Uh, and he's also not unlimited, you see. He's only got 24 hours a day. He, he's going to be in one place at one time. And so great as it is to spend time with Mike, we can't connect all the time. But the good news of Christmas is that there is somebody who is perfect. He never has an off day or an off moment. He is Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And because he's no longer a baby at Bethlehem, but he's alive by his spirit, it means that we can all experience him um, all of the time if necessary because he is present everywhere. It means that no matter what we're going through, see, you may be going right th th through a real storm. For you, this whole last nine months may have been an awful time. You know, the stress levels may be high. Your anxiety is off the charts. Fear is stalking you. But the good news is right now today and for the rest of your life, you can turn to him the Prince of Peace. You can give him, if you like, your anxieties and your fears and his perfect love and his peace can set you free. It may be that, you know, you're doing okay. Um, you know, this isn't a particularly been a particularly personally bad season. You're just experiencing the, the, the global storm we've all been in. But I'm sure you'd agree, as, as, as I found, that even if we're doing okay, all of us could do with an increase of peace and well-being. And the good news is that, you know, if we look back through history, from those early days of Jesus' birth, his life, his death and his resurrection, when people accounted him then and he changed their lives then, right through history, billions of people would say that they've met Jesus, the Prince of Peace, and he's changed their lives. And I just want to um, share with you one great story of somebody very, very current, um, a, a, a woman called Megan, and how she met Jesus and how Jesus has changed her life. Please watch this. I grew up going to church every Sunday, never questioned God's existence. But when I was 17, I decided that God was boring and I wanted to do my own thing. So I said, thank you, but no thank you to God. 
So I was driving home one evening when I was at sixth form. Um, it was a really wet and windy, dark night. Hit a large pool of water on the road and I'm told, I don't remember, um, but the car flipped over multiple times down a steep ravine and then I was airlifted to a specific to the emergency department because the accident was so severe. So I spent a total of seven weeks in the intensive care unit, had really life-threatening injuries to pretty much all my organs, um, but the injury they were most concerned about was the traumatic brain injury, and they told my family if I was ever going to wake up, which they didn't think I would from the coma, um, they wouldn't have the same daughter or same sister back, and um, my family were told to come say goodbye to me. There wasn't um, a moment where I woke up and thought, where am I, what's happened? It was a feeling, and a feeling of complete peace, and the presence of God, and knowing that God loved me, even though I turned my back. Unknown to me um, at the time in intensive care, but hundreds and hundreds of Christians across the world were praying for me, and they were praying for total healing um, of my body. And on one night where my family had to come and say goodbye to me, I know that there were 10,000 people in London praying for me. I spent over eight months in hospital in total, which was a really long time. Um, most of that was spent in neuro rehab. Um, where I learned to walk again, I learned to go up the stairs again on my own, um, and I found out that I could still play the piano like I could before. And when my neurosurgeon saw me, she literally said, this is a miracle, because I'm a nurse. Having gone through such a life-changing experience and finding God in that hardship is probably the best thing that's ever happened to me and it's changed my entire outlook on life knowing that God is going to be there whatever the storm and now I can confidently say without a shadow of a doubt that God brings hope to any situation. Wow, what an amazing story of a young woman whose life was transformed as she encountered Jesus, the Prince of Peace. I love uh, how she described how she had that overwhelming sense of peace. And then, of course, there was that wonderful miracle of physical healing. For me, I first encountered Jesus at the age of 19. Um, I grew up in a pretty sort of stable home, but during my teens, I completely turned away from God. I rebelled against church, against family, against uh, you know, school, everyone and everything. But if I look back, I was actually, I believe, searching for something. There was like an inner emptiness. I was looking for peace and well-being, even though I wouldn't have been able to describe it in those ways back then. And then I prayed a prayer at the age of 19 and I knew my need for Jesus and I asked him to come in. And what happened was completely amazing. 
It was like my life was suddenly filled with a tremendous sense of joy and a peace that I'd never experienced before. I felt, as it were, filled up on the inside where I'd felt previously empty. Suddenly I had a new sense of purpose. And that um, purpose and that peace began to change my mind, my emotions. It affected my relationships positively. And I came out of that encounter with a new sense of purpose. But that was right back in 1983. That led to a whole, as it were, journey with Jesus, a a daily relationship with Jesus by the Holy Spirit. And as I've journeyed with Jesus, he's continued to bring transformation and an increase of well-being in my life. And then about three and a half years ago, it was almost as if I sensed the Lord saying to me, I want to take you on a deeper journey of well-being. And what started then was a sense of God coming to me in a deeper way. The Prince of Peace saying to me, I want to free you in areas that you don't even know you need freeing from. And I can honestly say, as I look back over these last three and a half years, I'm so grateful that this journey of well-being continues. So if we go right back to Isaiah, it's a promise, not just of peace and well-being, but of an increase of peace and well-being. The more, as it were, we we, um, submit to Jesus, the more that well-being and that peace impacts every part of our lives. And so as we begin to come to the end of this Christmas um, service, I want to give every one of us an opportunity to meet Jesus either for the first time or by way of coming back to him or just inviting him to come and do a deeper work in our lives. You see this peace and this well-being, something we all need. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray and I'd like to invite you wherever you're at, wherever you're watching, just to pray along. You can either pray out loud or quietly in your heart. What you're doing is you're praying to a real God, to Jesus Christ who is alive and he's, he's with you right there in your room, in your home, wherever you are by his Holy Spirit. As you pray, it's almost as if you can imagine you're opening up the door of your life and saying, Jesus, Prince of Peace, I invite you to come in. So let's pray together. I'm going to pray. You pray along with me. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you that you came as the Prince of Peace to bring peace and well-being into every part of our lives. Today, I choose to come to you. Forgive me where I've neglected you. I ask you to come into my life. Fill me with your spirit and with your peace. In your wonderful name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, inviting Jesus Christ into your life, I want to celebrate with you. But also, I want to just say that we've put together some resources that will help you take next steps on your well-being journey with Jesus. So, um, for, for example, I've recorded a special message that um, you, could, you can access that will help you in terms of taking next steps. Then we'd like to give you a gift of the book that you heard uh, mentioned earlier on, God's Plan for Your Well-Being. And we've also got some other great resources too. So why don't you just follow the link on the screen? You can either um, check out this on our website or you can text in the number on your screen. And while you're doing that, um, I want to hand back to the band who are going to lead us in my favourite carol, um, O Holy Night.
stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn for
I'd like now to pray for us all. Father God, I thank you for the gift of your son, the Prince of Peace. And I pray in his name for every single one of us that we will experience an increase of true peace and well-being in every part of our lives. That you'll fill us up spiritually. You'll help us mentally and emotionally. You'll strengthen and heal and help us in our relationships. And you'll fill us with a new sense of purpose and hope for the future. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen.